All right, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of the Business Blast podcast. Uh, I'm your host, Tyler Wagner. As always, today's sponsor is Authors Unite. And if you want to become a successful author, Authors Unite is the place to go. So head on over to AuthorsUnite.com to check out a free case study that will teach you how to do exactly that. And now, let's jump into the episode. All right, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of the Business Blast podcast. I'm your host, Tyler Wagner. Uh, Today, we got Ross Simmons with us. So welcome to the show, man. Thanks for having me on. I'm looking forward to chatting with you, Tyler. Thanks for having me. Of course, man. Grateful to have you here. So just to kick us off, why don't you just tell us a little bit about yourself? Yeah. So as you mentioned, my name is Ross Simmons. I'm a digital marketing strategist by trade, uh, focused on the world of digital marketing and social media. That was kind of my early beginnings into this space. Today, I'm the founder of a uh, agency called Foundation Marketing, and we're a B2B um, content marketing intelligence agency, and we help organizations tell their story online. Uh, primarily through content marketing efforts. In addition to foundation, I'm a serial entrepreneur, if you will. Um, I run a handful of businesses. One of my companies is called Hustle and Grind, which is an e-commerce store for entrepreneurs. Um, I have a cleaning company. I have a handful of media companies as well. So I'm an entrepreneur at heart who uh, is bread and butter is definitely in the um, digital marketing space. Oh yeah. I can, I can feel the energy, man. And you're talking to one who's very similar. So I love it, man. (laughs) I like it. I like it. So, all right. So there's a lot going on there. So let's start. I want to start with this. When did you realize when you were younger or maybe it was when you're older, I'm not sure, but like, what was it in your life that made you realize that you are indeed an entrepreneur? Yeah. So it started really early on. I was in high school um, when I first got the itch of entrepreneurship. Um, I started, I went back, we were doing back to school clothes shopping, my parents and myself and my sister. And we stumbled upon this hairdresser and market store. Um, and being from Canada, there's not a lot of places that sell these things that are super, were super popular back then um, called do-rags. And I found uh, all of the different colors of the rainbow of these do-rags being sold in this store. And I I took an advance on my allowance. I bought a handful of do-rags and I took them back to school and I started to sell them at a hundred percent markup. And that was when I realized, wow, this is insane. I'm able to um, buy a good lunch. I can put gas in my car. Like I can, I can live the dream by just selling do-rags out of my locker. And that was when the entrepreneurship bug kind of hit me. I then got bit by the technology bug in university when I started a fantasy football blog and I was living in my parents' basement and I was writing about fantasy sports and I started to reach people all over the globe. Uh, And I quickly, at that point, when I started to reach um, hundreds of thousands of people with this fantasy football blog, the light bulbs went off. Wow, this internet thing might actually last and it's not just a place for me to play Jetman on Facebook. This can be a place where I can actually create a business. So I shifted that fantasy football blog into a marketing blog, started to write about what I was learning in school, but also just my own observations on where things were going in the future from an SEO lens, uh, a technology lens, and that became RossSimmons.com, which eventually led me down the path of creating a a marketing business. Got it. Okay. So I think um, that's kind of a pretty big topic, especially for a lot of internet marketers, and and really it should be for every business. But um, for SEO related stuff, what is your kind of prediction or trends that you're seeing for SEO? 
Yeah, so one of the biggest trends that are happening in the SEO world today is the fact that we are no longer just competing with the other brands that are trying to create content and rank against us. We are now competing with our good old friend Google. Google is quickly taking content from existing sites and placing them directly in the search engine results page. So when you type in top entrepreneurship books, you're not just being met with a blog post that was written about entrepreneurship books. Google is actually placing directly in the search engine result page a handful of images around books. Then above that organic post that you may have created, you're gonna have YouTube videos that are going to show above it. You might even have a Wikipedia link that is driving people to Wikipedia with a definition around um, books. So I think one of the biggest shifts that have happened recently is that you're no longer just competing against the other folks in your industry. You're also competing against Google because Google is quickly becoming a destination rather than just a place where they're sending folks to your website. Ah, I see. Okay. Got it. And um, so, and what about voice? Do you have any uh, take on that? I mean, I watch a lot of Gary Vee and I, I think I agree with him where it's like, you know, voice is starting to, is definitely trending podcasts are trending, but the whole like Alexa thing and Google home thing. Um, how do you see that playing a role in SEO? Yeah, I definitely think that it's a few years out before we start to see the masses really truly adopt voice. I think it's, it's with no question where things are going. When I talk to kids, when I talk to teens, um, they're more into the voice side of things, the visual side of things. And if um, the next generation is any indicator of what's to come, I would say there's no question that voice is going to continue to play a bigger role um, in not only the way people find information, but also in terms of the way they consume it, right? Like we as people are more like, it's easier to consume content that is happening in our headphones or happening in our eyesight, right? Like we, we love that type of content. It's why TV shows get more uh, traction than a book, right? And that's kind of the reality of the world we live in. So us as marketers, as content creators, we need to understand that and embrace both audio and video content when you're telling your story. Yeah, and I I think too it's it's interesting because I I think it's definitely going to to happen, but it's 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 interesting to see like how things start to adapt because even though I I'm I know that I could tell my Alexa to buy me something from Amazon, I still don't do that yet. Even right, right. You're like I still like to go on and like look at it. Yeah. Uh, so like, it, although I will say, if Alexa had like some sort of like pop up monitor or something, um, right. that <laughs> right pretty much get me to cross that bridge. <laughs> yeah. And I don't think that's like too far out there to think about, right? Like I can, I can see a world where you say, Hey, Alexa, buy me a pair of Jordans, let's say, and then Alexa will show you a few different pairs and you can say, all right, I want the ones two from the right um, via yeah. hologram style technology. Like I know that sounds like science fiction, but science fiction is really becoming the science reality of today's world. Yeah. Yeah. hundred <laughs> percent. I love it. <laughs> Um, got it. Okay. So now some of the other businesses that you're in. So how many businesses are you currently running right now? Yeah. So right now I would say we have under kind of my portfolio, five businesses that are currently running. Um, they range in niche in their space. Uh, there's a wide mix of them for sure. Okay. Got it. So, and, but the main one is your, your agency. Is that accurate? Yeah, so foundation marketing is definitely the main business. Um, we, we do work primarily with anything from a Fortune 500 company that is selling to other businesses all the way down to up-and-coming startups that are developing software and they're selling those services as well. 
So, okay, so yeah, for B2B, where have you found the most success? What, here, this might be like a double layer question, but I'm gonna try to get it out. So it's like, what, what platform or platforms have you found the most success with B2B? And then also, what is your take on like, you know, the difference between lead generation marketing and like branding marketing, you know, you know what I mean? And I think that's yeah. where people are struggling in a sense is it's like, it's almost hard to calculate the brand marketing, right. but lead generation it is, but then that's, that's very um, like contractual. So right. either way, yeah, what's your take on that? Right, so good questions. I think for the first one around what channels are we seeing the most success on, um, it's interesting because it really does depend heavily on the niche and on the industry that we're working in, but there's no question that LinkedIn is still a significant player in the world of B2B. Uh, the cost per click when you are running advertising on uh, LinkedIn is expensive, but there's no question that other professionals are using LinkedIn. One of the channels that a lot of people overlook in the world of B2B, but is actually a very valuable channel, is the entire Facebook suite. Whether we're talking about Facebook.com or we're talking about um, Instagram, both of these channels are underrated in the world of B2B because we often view them as being consumer driven. But the reality is the same people who are going into the office and going into a boardroom on Monday in a suit on the weekend are on Facebook and Instagram looking at what their ex did on uh, the weekend as well. So like <laughs> recognize that we're, we're all people, we're all human. Um, and whether or not you're a B2B or you're a B2C business, people are using Facebook, people are using Instagram. So those are channels that I believe are under underrated in the B2B space. Um, so then your question around brand and lead generation, I think that's one of those interesting dynamics where no organization has really cracked uh, the clear definition on how to quantify what goes into brand marketing. And I think that this is something that at Foundation, we spend a lot of time thinking about um, is how to actually quantify something that seems a little bit fluffy. And there's a lot of things that a lot of organizations overlook. And it's the fact that when you are doing lead generation, if you are increasing your brand, if you are increasing brand awareness, if you are making your brand more well-known, it becomes easier to acquire leads because people trust you. The same way that you're not willing to trust that Alexa today could go out and buy you a new hat or a shoe or a sneaker, whatever that may be, simply off of your voice, organizations have to recognize that people don't trust them to be... Um, to be smart with their contact information. People have not established that sense of trust yet. And the way to get that trust is by increasing your brand awareness, by increasing your brand loyalty and things of that nature. So I think that it is um, a combination of both that you require. You need to be going to the market with interesting brand stories, with interesting brand messaging, if you want to have an easier job at acquiring leads. Um, the same way for Alexa, if they want people to really adopt voice, they need to establish trust with the consumers so we can trust that when we say this, we're going to order something that will come to our doorstep, uh, that will be exactly as we described it, and then we won't have to go through the hassle of a return. So I think that there's a blend that we all need to consider when we're going after those lead generation efforts and recognize that if you want to have a successful lead generation effort, the best way to increase your conversion rate is to by starting, is to start with, um, some brand recognition and be attracting people who are more likely to convert because they are connected to your brand. Got it. You know, uh, have you ever heard of uh, Billy Jean is marketing? Yes, I have. He's a, a genius. Huh? Play on that. 
<laughs> Literally. <laughs> um, what I saw like one of his ads recently, uh, funny enough on, on Facebook, but it was basically, he was in, I guess he was speaking at a conference. I don't know if it was a, his own conference or he was speaking at another conference, but it was probably like an audience the size of like maybe a couple hundred, maybe a little less, but it was 100 to 300 people. And he asked a question, something like how many of you are on YouTube or, or are doing YouTube advertising? Right. And, literally out of the room let's just say 200 in the middle out of the 200 people uh one person raised their hand wow Wow. it was pretty crazy and that and he said that's like one of and obviously there's lots of opportunity out there but he's like that's one of the biggest things is he's like this entire room is doing facebook ads but none of you are doing youtube ads he's like do do you see the opportunity and don't quote me on these exact words but basically that was the premise of the video um, right. I thought that was interesting. I was like, dude, like that's, um, that's big. Cause there's just so much, and there has been, there's just so much commotion about Facebook ads that like everybody's going there and there's no doubt, like you can be profitable on there. My main company right. has been, a lot of our clients have been like, it works. Yeah. But I'm like YouTube, um, maybe a little bit, I don't want to say untapped, but it's just, maybe there's not as much, uh, competition potentially. I think you're right. I think in business, the biggest opportunity is the opportunities your competition is ignoring. And I think that if you look at the room there, anybody in that room should be able to look around and say, okay, my competition isn't using YouTube. That's an opportunity for me. Like that's kind of how I've built my career. It's going into channels that other people ignore, whether it's Reddit, whether it's Quora, whether it's SlideShare, like five years ago, I go into channels where my competition has written a channel off and you're able to acquire customers. You're able to acquire attention um, at a discount because everybody else is chasing the shining ball of Facebook. Um, of Instagram when it's hot, right? Versus the channels that are tried and true where there is engagement with the right people and oftentimes they're overlooked. So I think that for any organization, any maker, any author, any creator, um, you should always be looking for those opportunities where your competitors have written off a channel as being either dead or too old or irrelevant to your audience and then dig a little bit deeper to see whether or not there's some opportunities for you to capitalize on within it. Yeah, absolutely, dude. Well, listen, man, loved the conversation. Um, I think our listeners are going to love this one. Uh, the last question I got for you is where can our listeners best uh, connect with you online? And then uh, if they are interested um, in any of your businesses, where's the best place for them to go? Yeah, so definitely uh, link up with me on uh, Twitter. That's the one channel that I'm constantly kind of creating content and being engaged with people. Uh, so my Twitter handle is at the coolest cool. I created my Twitter handle when I was in university, so don't judge. It's stuck. Uh, in addition to that, um, my website is rossimmons.com. Uh, so definitely feel free to check out um, a little bit more information on me, my businesses on there, or of course on the foundation site, which is uh, accessible directly through um, my website or foundationinc.co. Perfect, man. Thanks again for coming on. No worries. Thank you for having me. I really enjoyed this chat and I hope your uh, listeners enjoyed it.